Well, it's time for our Wednesday Bible study, and today I'd like to begin a study in 1 Peter, and we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and we're going to talk about hope for the hurting. This first epistle of Peter provides great insight for the believer, and in this letter, Peter provides great spiritual instruction regarding our relationship and security in the Lord, our daily walk with Christ, and then also the glorious return of our Lord. It also provides a picture of life within early Christianity. At this time, the Christ, Christ, Christianity was gaining ground and uh, becoming well-established throughout the world. Peter is not writing to an individual, but he's actually writing to five congregations of believers. And these local churches would have been made up of both Jews and Gentiles. And although their backgrounds were different, they all shared common ground. They were all believers. They were all part of a local body of Christ. And uh, they all faced intense persecution for their faith. Peter sought to encourage their faith and strengthen their resolve for the Lord and desire for spreading the gospel. Now, I believe these Words may seem somewhat distant and irrelevant to many, but I believe they are very timely and very needful in our day. The landscape in America and around the world is changing and has changed in recent months. Christians in other countries are facing intense persecution for their faith, and the majority in America are growing increasingly intolerant of our faith. A storm, I believe, is upon us, and we must be prepared to endure for the Lord. Now, in order to do that, we must learn to abide in Christ and abide in His Word. Our faith is and will be tested, and only the strong and the committed will survive. I want you to notice, first of all, as we look at 1 Peter chapter 1, at verse 1, the greeting presented. The greeting presented. Verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And I believe we can even glean much from this word of greeting. Notice, first of all, the appeal. Peter immediately identifies himself to the churches within the Roman provinces. Just receiving a word from Peter must have brought encouragement to them. He was well known among the church. Uh, we too know the story of Peter. He was the leader of the twelve apostles, but his life had experienced trials and adversity. He had proclaimed Jesus as the Christ, only to deny him prior to the crucifixion. He had questioned his faith even after the resurrection, but something happened in the life of Peter following his encounter with the Lord on the shores of Galilee. He was a different man when he pro boldly proclaimed Jesus as the Christ at Pentecost in Jerusalem. He was a champion of the gospel now, and he held great influence within the church. You know, it must have been comforting to know 
Peter cared for these churches that he was writing to. It was a comfort that he understood their struggles. You see, they could identify with Peter because he too had faced difficulty and doubts. They needed his reassurance to continue the faith, and we too need the support and encouragement of one another more now than ever. You know, troublesome times are upon us, and uh, we need to band together, rallying around one another and endure the struggles that await us. Even though we aren't able to meet physically right now, but we can be praying for one another. We can be communicating with one another and encouraging one another. And if you aren't thankful for your fellow believers now, I believe you will be in the not-too-distant future. So we see the appeal here. Secondly, we see the authority. Peter also reminded them that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. His salvation had been obtained the same way. They were on equal footing with the Lord, but his words carried weight and authority. He had spent time with the Lord. He had walked with him and learned from him. Peter was a chosen vessel of the Lord, used to encourage believers and to preach the gospel. The Spirit had inspired the writing of this letter. Peter wanted them to take these words to heart, not because he had written them, but because they were a word from the Lord. Instead of listening to the chatter and the threats of those around them, Peter wanted the churches to abide in the word of the Lord. You know, society would have us abandon the word of God. Uh, they deem it irre irrelevant, outdated, archaic. They see no value in the scriptures and refuse to submit to God's will and design for humanity. They refuse to embrace Jesus as the sole means of salvation. They view the word as restrictive to progress and opposed to modern accepted points of view. Regardless of how or what the world around us says, we must abide in the word. And through it we are convicted of sin. We're convinced of our own need for Christ. And it provides instruction for our lives. It enables us to hear from God. And if you haven't already, I would urge you to allow the Word of God to guide your life in all faith and practice. If God said it, that settles it. But then a third thing we notice here in verse 1 is the audience. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, Peter reveals the audience to whom he is speaking. This referral provides needed insight as well. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, their struggle. Peter refers to them as strangers scattered throughout. They had been persecuted for their faith, and many of them were forced to leave their homes. Now, they were scattered throughout the world, simply strangers and pilgrims in a new land while on their Christian journey. I have no way of knowing the struggles we will face, but I am convinced we'll have more struggles ahead 
we may be flee, uh, forced to flee our homes, and then again, we might not. Whatever struggles we face, we too will soon be considered strangers in our own land. We will not be accepted by society, viewed as outcasts as, and irrelevant. When these struggles come, and they perhaps have and they will continue, we must be prepared to endure. To endure in the, in the abiding in Christ and in his word. Not only do we see their struggle, but we see the significance of the audience here. Uh, Peter uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Peter addressed this epistle to, I believe, these five churches in these five areas. Uh, they were all common, had a common faith. They all had similar struggles. And Peter wanted the churches to know he hadn't forgot about them. They were not alone. And although society did not embrace their faith, they, there were believers scattered throughout the world who did. And there were other churches praying for them and supporting their efforts as well. And I'm convinced Christianity will prevail. We've been bought with a price by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He didn't die for us to allow us to be swallowed up by the world. Struggles will come, and when they do, keep in mind we're not alone. We have a Savior who loves us, desires to provide for all we need to live victoriously, even in times of adversity. The appearance and attendance of the church may change, but the church will not change, and God will not change. It may get to the point we feel alone at times, but there will be other believers with whom we can confide and draw strength from. If you aren't thankful for fellow believers, you ought to be. And I truly believe the struggles we will endure and uh, will serve to refine us, if not even as they are now. Many times, petty disagreements hinder many today. And uh, I think those things will not be so important. So we see here, the greeting, and we find here the appeal, the authority, and the audience. Notice in verse 2 now, the grace proclaimed, the grace proclaimed. Verse 2 says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, along with his greeting, Peter reminds them of the grace they enjoy. The first thing we notice here is the word elect. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, we should not be afraid of this word elect because it is a Bible word. But let me just say that this has nothing to do with the false teaching that God chooses some to be saved and he chooses others to be lost. 
This is simply a way of referring to believers who've trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And Peter is reminding the believers in these churches of their glorious position in the family of God. The world may have rejected them, but they have been chosen of God, and when faced with adversity, they should rejoice in their secure position with the Lord. And we need to be settled in that position as well. If one is certain of his standing with the Lord, he can face whatever the world brings, knowing he's been chosen of God. And always keep your standing with the Lord in focus when faced with, the thir- with adversity. The second thing we notice here is sanctification. In verse 2 it says, through sanctification of the Spirit. Peter also reminded them of the power they had within. Having trusted Christ as their Savior, they enjoyed the indwelling of the Spirit. Uh, he served to lead and to guide their lives, equipping and empowering them to live according to the desire and will of God. The forces of this world possess great power and influence, but we have a decided advantage. The Spirit has the wisdom and ability to empower us to face whatever the world brings against us. And when our faith is challenged and we're tempted to give in to the demands and the temptations of the world, we have a source of strength to help us overcome. We do not have to bow to the dictates of society. We can overcome victoriously by the help of the Lord in the Spirit. A third thing we notice here in verse 2 is salvation. He speaks of unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Peter also reminded them of the grace of God that brought their salvation. Jesus Christ offered himself to the atoning sacrifice of sin. He redeemed them from sin and reconciled them to God. They were no longer alienated from God, but abiding in Him through Christ. Their eternal destiny was settled and secure in the Lord. Now, if you've been saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. We have no way of knowing what tomorrow may hold, but we do know who holds tomorrow. Regardless of what we face in this life, we can know we are saved and secure in the Lord. We are kept with his mighty hand. If he doesn't soon return, we will one day lay aside this body of flesh in death. But at that moment, we will enter his glorious presence. And that affords great confidence and boldness in the faith. Though man may persecute my flesh, I am still secure in Christ. And the last thing we notice here is provision. Provision. He says, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Peter knew the struggles they faced. Many of them were weary and some may have contemplated abandoning the faith. But he sought to remind them of the grace of God available to all who believe. They were recipients of God's unmerited favor, poured out lavishly on those who belonged to him. His grace afforded peace that would surpass all understanding. And by the help of the Lord, they would endure the trials ahead and emerge from them triumphant. 
Now, no doubt every believer today has found comfort in the grace and peace of God at some point in their life. And we all deal with adversity and pain and uncertainty and heartache. But God's grace allows us to persevere in the faith. Likely we'll need it more in the days to come than we ever imagined. But even then, grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. God will provide the grace we need to endure the struggles ahead and make it through. Christ did not provide our salvation in order to abandon us in the journey. Those who abide in him will enjoy sufficient grace for the trials ahead. Now as we finish this brief study today, let me just say Peter sought to encourage and to strengthen the believers with this epistle. And I trust that you and I can be encouraged with it as well. You see, Peter understood the trials they faced because he too had endured similar situations. He sought to help establish their faith and ground them in the Lord. He knew if they were to endure, they would need the Lord's help and guidance. And I'm not a prophet of doom, but I'm convinced we are facing a storm unlike we have never experienced before. Adversity is coming for those who are committed to Christ and determined to follow him. And those who are settled in the Lord will make it through, although it will be difficult. Those who are not abiding in Christ, grounded in the word, may be very discouraged and swept away by the waves of adversity. So let me first of all ask you, do you know Christ as your personal Savior? Have you received him by faith in salvation? If not, I would urge you to do so. You will need him more than you possibly can know. And then, Christian, are you abiding in Christ? The storm that we are in is not for the faint of heart. If you're not abiding in Christ, you will succumb to the pressures and demands of the world. But abiding faith in Christ strengthens and settles us in Him, and He is our only hope. If your relationship with the Lord is not what it should be, now's the time to get that settled. I trust that as we look around us in the world today and we think about all the things that are happening, we'll certainly remember to pray for one another. Pray for those in our, our church that may be struggling with health issues. Pray for our missionaries. Pray for those who are uh, uh, maybe uh, have their jobs threatened. Just trust that the Lord will, will bless. And So let's go to prayer now. Father in heaven, thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your wonderful grace and peace. As Peter said, may it be multiplied to us as we continue to faithfully trust you in these days. We thank you, Lord, that there is hope for those who are hurting. And we would like to gather once again together in our services. We'd like to do it soon, but Lord, help us to be patient Help us to just continue to trust you. Help your word to be a blessing to us day by day. We pray for uh, those in our church who are struggling with physical needs, even at this time, and have been 
even before uh, the current situation. We pray, Lord, that you'll minister to their needs, encourage them in, in the word of God as well. Be with our missionaries who are serving in various places around the world. They, too, are having difficult times, no doubt. But, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to provide for them. Thank you for the time that we can spend in the Word of God, this brief time. May it be a blessing to us and let us continue to trust in you and know that there is hope for the hurting. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.